The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back in, Hale Varsity continues. It is Super Bowl week, and we check in with Huskers that have that Super Bowl ring. We welcome in uh, uh, one of Omaha's best, Tony Veland, with us on Hale Varsity. Tony, what's good? How's the week been? Everything's been good, man. I think I'm just like everybody else, just uh, geared up to see what's going to happen with this, uh, this big battle at the end of the week. Should be good, and uh, man, two familiar teams. As as a kid, it seemed like every year we were watching San Fran in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and right. and uh, you kind of flip it around, and it's been quite a run by the Chiefs. I want to go back to to your season in '97, and uh, Denver had been just a juggernaut for the Elway era. But uh, you guys were able to, to get that first championship for Elway, the first of two. And what was that experience like for you? Let's just start there. Were, were you able to be – the theme's been calm in the moment this week, or was it was it all sorts of butterflies for you? Well, I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was very nervous. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know. Coming from where I came from, never thought I had a chance to even play in the NFL, let alone get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. And, and to get on that stage and um, at the highest level of, of something that I've loved to do you know, my whole life, I mean, it was, it was unreal. Um, I think it was just it was a little overwhelming because you, you think about the, the whole week. is just one big party. There's stars everywhere. I mean, the, the lights are, are bright and all the stuff is going on. And, and then you finally get to the game and, and you know, you're just super hype and, and then you've got butterflies and emotional and all that stuff, this type of stuff. But then, you know, once the game actually hits, you know, you get that first hit, you know, you kind of settle down and you, you realize, hey, this is, this is the big game. Just got to do what you got to do. And I was just happy to be there. I was, I was, you know, in a great situation with, you know, a bunch of, you know, Hall of Famers on that team, you know, going against Green Bay, who we were, I think we were like 10 or 12 point underdogs or something like that. So, you know, the world was still kind of against us, but to be to have that, uh, the caliber of players that we were playing against, and then that setting, it was it was a great hype, great build up, and uh, we were able to, to pull it pull it out. So it was, it was a good experience. You had a, a big moment in in the game, Tony, and I think you you forced and recovered a fumble, big turning point. Not a lot of turnovers in that game, and it, it gave uh, Denver a spark of momentum. You, you go on and win the game 31-24. Terrell Davis, of course, the mile-high salute. But uh, you had, had really kind of made made your, your hay on special teams. Uh, how was that mindset for you when, when you when you not only came into the league in a late, as a later-round draft pick, but were able to make the team and then contribute on that stage? For me, it was just part of, you know, showing that I belong to be there, right? You know, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you got to pinch yourself and, and think like, man, I, you know, I am here, um, but I got to also got to earn my keep, right? And, and so I wanted to prove that I was worth the investment. So I knew that the only way to be able to do that, if I'm not starting, was to get on special teams and, and to be able to contribute. And, 
And for me, going into Super Bowl 32, knowing my number was 32, I was like, this can't be a coincidence. Something has to be happening <laughs> today. And so I felt like, you know, some, some, at least one big play was going to happen for me on that stage. And to be able to, you know, cause that fumble, you know, in that particular moment was, was, was just unreal. So um, I was just happy to be able to do my part and to be able to contribute and, and, and really be to uh, help my team get a chance to win. Tell me about some of the personalities on that defense. We know Neil Smith. You also had Alfred Williams. Uh, Romo uh, was yeah. there. <laughs> Rom- we, we, yeah, we had some we had some crazy characters. <laughs> we definitely had, but we had some we had some 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 cool level headed guys too. You know, you talk about those guys. You talk about Romo. You talk about um, Steve Atwater. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyrone Braxton. Um, you know, Ray Crockett. You know, guys who had been around, you know, a long time. So it was one of those teams where, you know, you had great leadership. Now we had characters. Don't get me wrong. We we, we had characters. I'm not going to tell you what was said in the locker room because some of those things were kind of crazy. But at the same time, you know, you had guys who had been there for a long time. You know, they understood, um, you know, what the moment was about. You know, some of those guys had been in Super Bowls before, so it allowed us to be calm. It allowed us to continue to what we were doing, you know, the whole year long. Um, it also allowed us to shine at a time when everybody thought we weren't be able to uh, step up. So it was just, it was a great environment the whole year. And yeah, you talk about the the characters on defense. Really, the whole team: Shannon Sharp, Mark Schlereth, uh, Romanowski. Yeah. As, as Schmitty mentioned, I, I can't imagine what went down in that locker room. <laughs> it was it was fun. I'm telling you, it was it was business on the field, but in the locker room, it was nothing but fun. I mean, between Keith Burns and Shannon, Shannon is the same person on his podcast as he was in the locker room. I'm telling you, they, it was it was always, you know, people joking and and just having a good time. So that and that's what made it just such a great experience. Did did Romo have an off switch or was he always on? Oh, Romo was one of these guys who was he was just always intense, just <laughs> just always intense. He didn't say a whole hell of a lot like in the locker rooms or even in the you know the meetings that much. Um, you know, he would come in and you know he he do his thing, kind of keep to himself. But when he got on the field, it was just like you 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 always knew where he was at, and it didn't matter what side it was, whether it was offense or defense. You know, sometimes you know he'd be a jerk to offense, sometimes he'd be a jerk to defense. He was just intense and just wanted to win, and so and that that failed as well. What it mean to to you as the team to have John Elway as your quarterback? Obviously, in the tail end of his career, uh, an old guy, and then he goes and makes that play where uh, he. Tries to run through two Green Bay Packers, goes yeah. in a helicopter. <laughs> what was it like playing behind him in the Super Bowl? Like it was, it was amazing. I, I, I tell you, before I got to the league, I used to wonder how in the heck you know some of these quarterbacks just dominated, dominated the game so easily. I just didn't understand it until I got there and I had a chance to practice with him every day and and, and just understand he's just he's a consummate professional. You know, he'd been playing long enough. He, you couldn't fool him with any of the defenses. He knew the offensive guys, you know, well enough um, that, you know, nothing was going to fool him and where everybody was going to be. And so we'd be in practice, and, you know, there'd be times where we'd be, you know, trying to disguise stuff, and he'd just call out, hey, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing it, and he snapped the ball and he completed a touchdown. Like, it, it was just that easy for him. So to be going in that game, knowing that he was our leader, like, that, like, like this made it easy. I mean, there were a couple games where we were – Fourth quarter, you know, we're down, and you know, we've got like you know, a couple seconds left on the game, and he's still be in the huddle, just joking, you know what I'm saying? Because he's been there before, you know, he understood what our team needed in order for us to calm us down and get us ready to play. And so, to have somebody like that on your team, or just, you know, it just, it just made a great thing for us. 
Tony Veland with us. We're talking Husker Super Bowl week, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Tony, of course, uh, working with the Warren Academy and and also uh, does financial planning. Uh, Tony, uh, we we've kind of laid out the 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 Super Bowl run, and you know what a what a comeback win against Green Bay. You come into Denver back to back national championships. You make a position switch from from quarterback to safety, and you were one of the leaders for those national championships for Nebraska '94 and '95. And, and you know what what did it mean? Or how did that kind of help you coming from a winning program, Nebraska, and how did Nebraska, I guess, translate to the NFL? Well, to me, it's still a lot about the process, right? I mean, the same stuff that you did that, that allowed me to be so much successful in, in college is the same thing that you pretty much need when you get to the pros. You just have to have a little higher level of study. Um, and so and when I came into Nebraska, I also came in as somewhat of a no-name. I came in with having to compete against a bunch of people who were who were really, really good and figure out a way to, to get myself, you know, in the mix and in the talks. And, and it was the same thing, you know, when I when I went to Denver. You know, I, you know, I never thought I'd have a chance to play, you know, at that particular level. But you go there, you have to believe in yourself. You have to put in the work and be coachable and all those type of things and, and just trust the process. And, you know, for me, you know, the process that works so well in the, in, in the uh, in college that produced championships, fortunately for me, did the same thing in, in, in uh, Denver. So, so I was, you know, I was, I was happy that I was able to get a chance to, to play there, um, but even more happy for that, for that success because obviously that doesn't happen with everybody on every team. Tony Veland with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Tony, let's switch gears here, talk this year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the 49ers, uh, two teams that – I think if you go back to the beginning of the year and you would have told me these two teams in the Super Bowl, I would have said, okay, all right, you know, those are probably the two best teams in the NFL. The Chiefs have dealt with a little more adversity this year, going through some regular season struggles, but they've really come into their own uh, in the postseason. As for the 49ers, kind of the opposite story. They've had some struggles in the postseason following a really dominant regular season showing. So your thoughts, what's your lean on this year's Super Bowl? What do you think some keys to the game could be? Well, obviously, you know, I'm, a, I'm a former Bronco, so I, I can't root for the Chiefs. Love it. Yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> you know, I can't do that. That being said, I mean, Patty Mahomes, man. It's, it's, it's Patty Mahomes. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's like one of those old Peyton Manning guys or, or Tom Brady guys. It's just hard to, to bet against them. You know what I mean? So so if they if they can't find a way to, um, you know, kind of ruffle his feathers, um, it, it's kind of a wrap. I know I've, I've heard somebody else say, that if you if you if you don't do something with uh, Kelsey, then it's going to be a problem. But you know, I, I think it just comes down to Mahomes, man. If he's playing well, it's going to be hard for him to be beat. Even though that Forty Nine ers have a great defense. Your job a lot of times was to to deal with a tight end uh, in coverage, and does, does Kelsey remind you of of anybody uh, you you had to 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 d up? During your era in the NFL, not really. At least for, for me, not really, because I didn't. I didn't have to guard as much. I mean, obviously, we have some really good. You know, I played with a great time. Right. You know, and Shannon Sharp. Um, but he, he's just a monster, man. He, he just he's a, he's a big guy. He's fast. You know, he knows how to use his body. Um, he's smart. He's quicker than you think he is. I mean, he just presents like a huge, a, a really, really huge problem. But again, I think it's the guy who's getting him the ball. Sure, right guy who has who has great poise, 
he can throw it anyway. Um, you know, he, sometimes he'll switch to the other other hand and throw the left hand. You know, he's just you're getting the ball from a position. I mean, like holy smokes! I mean, it's not that hard to be successful. So um, it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a really good game. But again, if if Mahomes has a good game, I I, I find it really hard for San, San Fran to pull that out. Well, let's stay with the tight end theme. It seems like the state of Nebraska just prints tight ends. And, Tony, let's talk about the Warren Academy, the work you do there, the training you, you help with. Of course, uh, Steve's done a great job with his, his academy. And there's so many kids that, that continue to, to flourish at the high school level and then beyond. Not only do, do some of them find their way to Nebraska, but you've got uh, – the who's who of college football invading this state, specifically the Metro, and talk a little bit about just what you've kind of witnessed with the, 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 the talent pool and also kind of refining that talent. Well, I mean, I, I think we, we finally got into the point where um, Nebraska's starting to be a little bit more recognized for the talent that is coming out here. Um, you know, for a while there, um, you know, some of the talent was down a little bit, but it's, but it's back. Uh, we're even at the point where, you know, we're being more recognized down to Lincoln for, you know, some of the talent that we were producing. And, and don't ask me all the names, but obviously, we you know, that, you know, Harrison Phillips, uh, um, Fant, you know, some of those guys come through the system, but that have, you know, made it big time. But we have so many kids who, you know, are in smaller schools that just don't get a lot of exposure. Um, and for them to be able to come and, and, and work with us and, and get some of the tricks of the trade, you know, go some of these 707 things and, and through some of our connections with, with some of these other coaches, they get exposure that they probably wouldn't have gotten if they weren't with Warren Academy. And so we've gotten guys scholarships and guys that are doing a lot better. And and when it's all said and done, that's what it's about for me and Steve, right? Just just development. We want them to be really good men. We want them to have the best opportunities to be successful, you know, down the line, you know, whether they decide to play football or not. And so um, it, it, it's, it's benefiting from both both sides. But they're they're you know getting a chance to get that exposure and go to college, and, and you know we're helping it's, it's helping us to to better the lives of young men. So so we're really proud of the work we do, and and this talent is, this talent pool is growing. I mean, you, you can just look at the numbers; the talent pool is definitely growing. Wait, Tony, you mentioned being a kid from Omaha, never thinking you'd be on the the stage of the NFL, let alone a Super Bowl. What does it mean to you that you're a part of the change in Nebraska in terms of? of schools from across the country coming in and seeing the kind of talent that's on display in the state of Nebraska? You know what? I guess I never really thought about it from that, from that standpoint, but um, I, man, I love that. I love that. I've always been about the youth, and I always want you know our youth to, to have a chance to be successful. Um, and so for, for me and Steve to kind of to be a part of that, you know, going through Nebraska, it's, especially at that time, it's always been about a family. It's always been about, you know, what can we do to help our brother? What can we do to help those in our circle? And, you know, my circle is this community. You know, my circle is the youth. My circle is the kids that who, are, who are playing football and maybe playing basketball, maybe playing baseball and those other things and trying to figure out what the next step is. And so the fact that we can kind of help them do that really fills me. Last thought, Tony Veland. Tony, thanks so much for your time. As a kid growing up, who, who connected with you? Who who mentored you? You're a phenomenal athlete, obviously, college, NFL, high school, uh, standout at Benson. But who who kind of took you under their wing when you were a kid? Um, I would probably say more than anybody else, my high school coach, Lonnie Tapp. Mm. I, I, lost my, I lost my father when I was, you know, 15 years old. And and so, you know, he was that, that kind of next guy in line who, 
you know, he, he saw the talent in me, saw I like to work hard and, and you know, kind of guided me with some of those decisions. And he's been a friend, you know, pretty much to this day. Um, the second guy was obviously when I got to college was Coach Osborne. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way he ran the team, just the way he cared about people. I mean, it's hard not to be considered part of that part of that family. So, so I've had some great men in my life, but I'll say those two probably stick out more than anybody else. Tony, thanks for, for sharing your story, your experience, and thanks for what you're doing for uh, the youth in, in Nebraska. And appreciate uh, you giving us a few minutes today. All good, man. I appreciate it. You guys have a good week.